Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. This is an outtake. This is a, the, the unusual outtake episode because it is no recording, which I do have, from the original Breaking Cardboard that uh, John Newman invited me to participate with. I've done it before with him. had a really good time. Uh, actually, I think I was the guest, <laughs> but Corey Yamwax was the co-host. But this was John Newman and myself having a kind of a panel discussion with a bunch of teen and preteen of the future of the hobby, Brody the Kid, Jacob the Blake, Dan Blake Rice, and Max and Owen Gotcher. So... That was fun. Uh, these are guys, they're young enough to be John's sons. They're young enough to be my grandsons. But uh, this is the future of the hobby. It sounds good. So I thought when I went through that, it would be a back and forth discussion. But it was more them talking. And they asked us some short questions. We asked them some longer questions. But it was a very enjoyable hour. But it just didn't seem right to to uh, pull out some snippets there because it, it just didn't seem appropriate. However, it was valuable to me because not only did I enjoy being with these young men, as I say, when I get asked, it depends on who's asking the question, how they ask the question. It could be a similar question to something I've answered before, but I might get a different take on it just because of the way it uh, is framed. So these young guys are very sharp for their age or not for their age. They're young men with bright future. So here are the things that came up that I think were cool. I started out asking them if, if they had a card shop, what would they do or what would the card shop of? And, and of course, Max and Owen already are working in the card shop with their dad, Rex. And we talked about fanatics and it, it uh, made me realize, again, in talking to these young men that fanatics, I won't say they love redemption cards, but redemption cards are good for fanatics because it allows them, if they don't already have your address, they'd get your address there. I think they're all about having addresses and contact information for every sports fan in America. And so if you buy a pack somewhere and you have a redemption card in it and you have to send it to fanatics next year, now all of a sudden they've got your... Um, address. They may have your phone for texting. They may have an email address and they may even know some of your loyalty for your favorite teams and all that stuff. So there's lots of cross-marketing opportunities and some of that could start with a mail-in redemption card. So I hate to be the bearer of that bad news. The second item was the whole idea of uh, subscription boxes, the kids crate idea. This is in Fanatics Wheelhouse. We didn't elaborate on that, but I think these young men thought that was cool. You know, what Panini's doing. I just have no doubt Fanatics is going to do that. But my thought on that, which we didn't have time to fully unpack, is with uh, Fanatics being so team-oriented, I think they could do subscription boxes by team loyalties. By sport, if you're in Detroit, you could get Tigers. Maybe you could be just football, or maybe you'd get Lions. Maybe you'd get Red Wings. Uh, Pistons. But if they have all the sports, they could really have some fun with the caps and the jerseys and uh, subscription boxes that were uh, parceled into kind of team situations, not team sets per se, but there's got to be a way to collate or to redistribute Tigers to people in Detroit that they don't get a random subscription box. They maybe get a pack that's uh, Detroit-oriented, repacked in some way with still some good stuff. Okay, the third thing was the whole idea of Upper Deck being... Um, acquired by fanatics. I don't think that's going to happen, but one of the reasons that it might not happen, I was just realizing based on some legal agreements that I've participated in over the years, is that some agreements like up, such that Upper Deck has with Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Tiger Woods, some of those agreements for personal services or, or sub-licensing or the use of their uh, so many autographs, some of those agreements can be voided if there's a change in control. In other words, their agreement is with Upper Deck. Upper Deck cannot assign that agreement without their permission. 
And so that might be another reason why Upper Deck would uh, choose to remain independent and why fanatics might just not leave them alone, but would just, they may not be able to acquire the LeBron James autograph cash. Another thing that came up that I realized is that this has come up because of fanatics moving quickly to take over tops. And again, didn't have time to really fully unpack this, but we've talked about 11 months lead time, 12 months, 13, 14 months lead time to get a set out. And the most of the emphasis has been on you've got to gather the assets, the game use material, uh, get the autographs, hopefully not on stickers, as I said, plan who's going to be in the set, get the photos, approve the photos, any artwork, the designs. All the emphasis has been on that. But I think what's missing is, and what came out in this in this episode, was the fact that each company does it a little bit different in terms of their distribution and marketing plan, whether they do that early or do that late, whether they print to demand or they print based on last year's uh, sales. And so depending on how that's done, it either adds or subtracts lead time. And uh, my guess is that Fanatics is going to be more, and I think they have to be really good at that stuff. They can't be overproducing certain things, otherwise it sits in the warehouse. I believe that hasn't been discussed, and I think that Tops, compared to Upper Deck, compared to Panini, all do distribution and marketing a little bit different. And so we'll see whether Fanatics adopts the Tops model or moves Another thing that could happen, because I, again, we started off this discussion with these young men, all of whom I think frequent card shops, is that uh, what's going to happen to the card shop in your town? I'm hoping there will be more card shops, not the same or less. And I hope that Fanatics will be card shop LCS friendly. I think they will be. Now, the card shop, and again, we've talked about how the distributors may have a, a challenge because Fanatics probably is going to want it. They're already set up to go direct to the consumer or even to the LCS. So what's going to happen when the card shop puts uh, boxes out for sale? Where are they going to get their boxes? How are they going to price their boxes? If Lids sells unopened product from Fanatics in the malls, how are they going to price that? I think there'll be some central pricing from Fanatics. And so we'll be in the situation, perhaps, if you're an LCS owner, that you won't be looking to your distributor perhaps as much. You might not even be looking at eBay as much. You might be still looking back at Fanatics and what is the Fanatics primary website have this box for sale. They may release them in some manner that, that the bots can't get them all and that there's some that, again, they just, they have to be good at these things and there's got to be a way for them to program around that to make sure the boxes get in the hands of uh, the right people. I'm always in favor of getting it close to the end user. The LCSs that get them, they're not putting them online. They've got customers coming in that want that product. So to be able to Go back. And again, that affects David Adams and Blowout and these others. But if you're still able to get some level of unopened product directly from Fanatics, then that's going to be the price that people are going to anchor off. Now, obviously, if Fanatics has some way to make it difficult for people to buy if they're later found to be flipping them on eBay, like I said, the junk wax era, I believe, was ushered in by people buying products, not opening them, and thinking this is a great investment for, for my future. And uh, that might be the case. It might not be the pay case. You're playing with fire if you put back a lot of cases. I think Fanatics is coming in with not a blank sheet because they've got history of how they've dealt with the uh, caps and jerseys and things like that. And they're, and they're smart guys. I think they're smart enough that they know that the card shops are, are their friends. I think that the distributors are their friends too. But unless a distributor is really providing an excellent service and able to take a lot of volume and really helping fanatics, as we said, the retail distributors, if they're um, 
taking a, a large amount of product and then distributing it to the the Walmarts and the Targets and things like that might be a direct account. But back in our day, there there was an intermediary that uh, handled our magazines and put so many in uh, each place and restocked when they needed to. And if that's the case, that's a legitimate uh, role for a distributor. I'm hoping that the distributors um, can evolve their business in a way that adds value according to the new Fanatics uh, landscape. Brody, Jacob, Blake, Max, and Owen, uh, thanks so much. And thanks, John, for putting it together. I didn't realize when I started doing the podcast that I would enjoy, well, I, I thought I'd probably enjoy it, but I didn't know that I'd enjoy being on other people's podcasts, as well as meeting all these uh, really sharp, young, future uh, superstar collectors who have uh, who've uh, really brought a lot to it. And uh, so many new people in the last few years, and no one can say they predicted what's happened with COVID and how the hobby has uh, flourished. And uh, so I'm really uh, hoping that 2022 is going to be a great year. And again, thanks, John. Thanks, young guys. And I'm hoping I'm going to see you all at the National in Atlantic City. Uh, that's when I travel, I think. I'm not doing much traveling still, but the Dallas show has been great. Thanks, everybody. I'll be back again tomorrow with another episode and uh, keep up the great work. The man in the house of cards. The man in the house of cards.